Shut up and sit down. Got nothing here. You're giving me baseball and hockey, and I got my keister blowing in the wind. I mean, that made to look like a fool here. Life is better on a bicycle. Life is better on a bike. When you push the pedal and go down the hill, then everything is alright. You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Tommy Godwin, an English long-distance cyclist, once said riding a bike is everything to a cyclist. The friendship and camaraderie you have with other cyclists, to a cyclist, is the be-all and end-all of your life. Preach on, brother. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I am Jake Von During, and I'm here with Lance, call me something stupid, Hepler. <laughs> Lance, call me something stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, but it's, this is good. Hey, hey you here. told me. You told me to say that. I so. did. Call me something stupid. <laughs> and coming to us over the Verizon Network today, sponsored. Yeah, no, maybe. <laughs> Mr. Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? Sorry that you don't look so good i just i just can't see you guys i assume that you guys look good i guess we, but we that's, look digital. that's what we're going with today yeah do we need to put you over the uh, the facetime matt did you want to see what's going on here or do you just want to listen to our <laughs> ugly faces eh. that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he's seen enough of my face <laughs> right on hey we got lots of stuff to talk about today we've got no evan price just the three of us so the back pedal is going to go relatively quick no i got hundreds of stories i should have guessed <laughs> All right, let's go with Matt let's first. Go with Matt first, uh, I can be really quick. Go for I it. I don't even. I can't think of anything that I've done that's been interesting at all. Swam a fair amount. I've been going up to cross country practice and biking up there a lot. Uh, yeah, that's I biked cool. with a group on Saturday because I tried to sneak in a bike ride before um, cross country practice, and because I was late to cross country practice, I had to hammer all the way back. To practice, and I was looking at my watch, and I was like, "Not bad, Ooh. not good, not good, not good, <laughs> but not bad." It's one of those things where I was like, "I, you know, I've got to hold 200 watts on the way home, just because we are we're we're in a that's nothing for you guys. That's warm up pace. That's zone two for you guys. <laughs> but for me, that's like okay, that's um, we're working, we're working a little bit. So good there was that. You. Yep. Cool. Right on. Anything else? That's it. Moving on. Wow, Lance. You're going to go last. Okay. My back pedal was nothing special easy. Easier than uh, easy should be of a week for me. Um, I am kind of quasi-injured a little bit. I've been dealing with this, this quad strain, and then that's like kind of turned into uh, a hip flexor IT band issue, and I've just now finally got the quad thing resolved, and the IT band and the hip flexor are still a bit of an issue. 
Working that out, felt a little bit better last night when we did our little gravel ride, because uh, we were actually recording this on Wednesday. So It is Wednesday, September 7th. Yeah, it was a busy week. We had Labor Day and all that other yep. stuff, but um, it ended up turning into one of those weekends where I really couldn't ride much. I think I rode on the trainer once, and I did a outside ride for about an hour and 15 minutes just trying to get things sorted out and just trying to tell myself, take it easy. And it turned it into one of those weeks where um, you're frustrated and you're mad and you're yeah. upset because the yeah. weather's perfect and you can't go out and ride, so I took out all my frustration and anger on house projects. <laughs> it was a fantastic Ooh. weekend for house projects at our house. You got some stuff done now. Oh, dude, I got all the things done. So there was a sense of relief and gratification there. But other than that, it was a crappy week for riding bikes. Uh, Bummer. I had lots of people ask me where you were. Or what? Where, like at, at the race last night. Oh, I'll, really? I'll get to that. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, where's Jake? How come he's not here? I'm like, well, one, he doesn't have a cyclocross bike. What? He owns a bike shop. Why doesn't he have a cyclocross bike? Well, it's not that simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, no cyclocross bikes to be had. There it's, isn't. It's crazy. So, all these manufacturers are moving their gravel bike lines, and the cyclocross bike lines aren't doing a whole lot. So, yeah, yeah it was kind of a bummer. I was supposed to go to the race in uh, the Hetmere race over in Vancouver Lake this past week, and and I got up early to get all of my stuff done, and I did a fantastic job. And then all of a sudden, wife's like. We need to get a new fridge, and this is the weekend to get it. All of the online searches say that you have to buy refrigerators on Labor <laughs> no. Day weekend because that's the best time of the year to buy them, and our, ours is kind of crapping out. I'm like, oh, all right. It so, all, uh, it's not wrong. Labor Day sales. Yeah. I, it's just before they announced like, the, the upcoming model years for refrigerators, I guess, and they're trying to get rid of older product or prior year product, yeah, and yeah. I really don't care much about it as long as it makes our food cold and kicks out some ice cubes when you need it that's that's all i need um they wanted some other little things and whatnot but i don't care about all the new latest and greatest stuff um but anyway long story short we found something and it just took all day long so i didn't get a chance to go out there and watch everybody race bummed about that we had quite a few people that were out there yeah we'll so get into that in a minute we'll right yeah cool Lance, yes, backpedal. So, um, yeah, this last week, um, I had plans to uh, ride with the team. I did the team gravel ride. My ribs were slowly healing and feeling better. I still can't move in certain ways without pain, but I it could feel like I could ride okay without pain. So, I mean, I did, I did the team gravel ride, and um, yeah. I kind of I felt great. Yeah. I didn't feel too bad. So, I actually went to cross practice on Wednesday night. Um, and, uh, with the team, which was also a lot of fun, uh, me and Paul ripped a few laps and it, 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 that was just, it was nice to have cross practice and I was fully expecting to stick around and do the, the cyclocross race that was here in Vancouver this weekend. I woke up Thursday morning and Rebecca's private Idaho has a stage race and it starts on Thursday morning. Mm -hmm. And my wife came to me that she came to me Thursday morning. She's like, are you seeing all the people that are at Rebecca's Private Idol on, you know, on Instagram? And I'm like, yeah, it looks like a whole lot of fun. And she's like, why aren't we there? And I'm like, well, I decided I wasn't going to do it this year. I was going to stick around here and do Het Mirror, the cyclocross race. And she's like, Lance, get in the van. We're, we're going to go. I'm like, really? I can't. I go, the race is like closed. The registration's closed. I can't get in. You need, we, no, I, we're not. She's like, no, we'll figure it out. We get in the van. So <laughs> by three o'clock, it took most of the day because we had stuff to do. But by three o'clock in the afternoon, we were in the van and driving to Idaho. Yeah, I texted lads. Hey, you going to the flogging ride tonight? And I get this GPS coordinate thing showing his car moving through 
Where were you at the time? I was in Prineville, yeah, which my, is not on the way, but we had to take a detour because of fires. Oh, but, geez. Yeah, that's another <laughs> like, story. What are you doing? Where are you going? <laughs> yeah, so we had jumped in the van. I showed up. Um, I, I During the drive, I was like reaching out to the organizers at Rebecca's Private Idaho saying, hey, is there any way I can get in? I've been dealing with injuries this year, and I broke some ribs, so I wasn't sure I was going to go, but now I think I can be there, and I know registration is cold. I sang my sob story, and for whatever reason, they let me in. They let me into the race, which was very grateful. Um, I did not... You're Lance freaking happy. I'm Lance freaking... I'm like, don't you know who I am? Don't you recognize this terrible mustache? No, it, it, I... I, you know, I think it helped that I've done the race four times in the past. Yeah. And like, hey, I, you know, this is whatever. They let me in. I was really fortunate they let me in. I didn't do the stage race because I'd missed the first stage. Um, but I got into the race on Sunday. There's a 100-mile race. There's a 56-mile race and a 20-mile race. And uh, I chose just to do the 56-mile race. But... I'll get to that because there's some other really good stories here. <laughs> on we on Friday morning, the stage race is an uphill time trial, a five-mile uphill time trial. But to get to the uphill time trial spot, you have to ride with the group. It's like neutral 20-mile rollout. So everybody just gets together. There's about 350 people in the stage race. And we all just roll out of Ketchum, Idaho, up this gravel road for 20 miles until we get to the spot where we're doing the time trial. And it's it's neutral, and so I knew that that was going to happen, so I just showed up and rode with the group out to the time trial. And And when we got to the time trial spot, I rode halfway up the time trial and just cheered on f- friends as they came through and people I knew. So... I, you know, I wasn't planning on being there, and on the ride out, I end up having a big, long conversation with, with Molly Cameron. She's all excited that I was there. We've become friends over the last few years because we've ended up at a lot of events together, which is kind of cool. And I had a lot, long conversation with Yuri Hosfold because he wasn't expecting to see us, and we've become friends too. And then I talked to Carl Decker for a while. It was just, I'm, all I'm going to do is name drop for the next five minutes. <laughs> If there was somebody big in gravel at this race, I was able to have a conversation with him. And that's one of the cool things about these gravel events, especially these multi-day gravel events, is there's this there's this downtime where you have a chance where you can you can hang out with people and get to know them better. So I just had a great time riding with everybody and hanging out there. On the way back, um, I ended up riding with uh with Pace McKelvin and Brennan Wirtz who had taken first and second in that stage today um I was riding right next to Braden Lang who is also a pro gravel racer he's in the lifetime fitness and Braden Lang actually lived for his first 11 years of life in Camas Washington mm-hmm. so we had some things to to know about and Scott Troutman who is on our team is a Big supporter of Braden Lang. So I got to have a long conversation with him. And then it was, oh my gosh. It, you know, on the way back, there's some hot springs. And it's the cool thing to do is you stop at the hot springs and you roll out there in your chamois and you lay down in the hot. I was just, it was just fantastic. And then from the from the hot springs back, there is um uh it was like another 10 miles back to town. And I ended up riding that. With, 
with uh, uh, Andrew Lesperance. I can't even say his name right. Uh, Lesby. He was he's he was in the lead of the race, and him and Haley Hunter Smith, who are uh, Andrew and Haley are married. They're from Canada. They're both professional mountain bikers, mm-hmm. but they've been in the Lifetime Grand Prix Fitness Series this year, the Grand Prix Series, and she won all three stages this weekend. So I got to have a conversation with her and with Lesby. And I, I mean, I mean, it was just like, I was just like, like a, like a kid in a candy store talking to all these like gravel pros and all these cool people. And I just had a fantastic time. So I didn't even, I mean, so the race, I, I did the race on Sunday. I did not do the hundred mile race because I did not think my ribs could handle it. It was another reason for me to skip that first uh, cyclocross race here in town, Hetmere, because there were, there's big running sections in that. And I'm not sure that my back the sand is, and this, off camber stuff and yeah. I'm not sure that my back is going to handle big running sections this year, so I've got to have to be a little more selective about which cyclocross races I do. Um, and and I knew if I did a gravel race, it would. It's different. It's just power. It didn't bother my back so much. So, but uh, regardless. I did the 56-mile race. I We had a teammate out there with us. Terry Hamness was there, so we got to hang out with him in one of my favorite places in the world, which is that whole Sun Valley, Idaho area. That whole Wood River Valley is just pretty amazing. But um, the 56-mile the course, there was about 400 people in it, which was kind of surprising. The, the big one had about 600 people. The 100-mile race had about 600 people. The 56-mile the race had about... 400 and uh of course i started on the front row because i'm lance free <laughs> i kind of just positioned myself so that i could start up close and it starts with a big like like five-ish mile climb that's like a 30 minute climb for me and the fast people do it in like 22 minutes and so of course i got dropped by the field but i ended up um there's a big, long downhill. I don't know. How many of these stories do you want me to tell, Jake? It's up to you, man. <laughs> it's too much. Matt, am I boring the heck out of you? Well, what? I wasn't paying attention, Lance. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. So the 56-mile uh, the, the course, it had about 4,500 feet of elevation, so it certainly wasn't flat. Started with a big climb. I lost the front group. There were about 50 people that went off ahead of me. Um, in that first climb. But after you get over the first climb, there was a 12-mile downhill gravel descent. Well, that's kind of my jam. (laughs) So, um, of course, I just put my head down and ripped down this descent. It's straight. It's There's not a lot of turns. The visibility was good. So, I mean, I was doing like 36 miles an hour down this descent. And I got to a spot where it had leveled out a little bit. And I was passing just dozens and dozens of people on this downhill. And we got to a point on the downhill where it was about 1%, and I was doing like 28 miles an hour. And I turn around to look behind me to see if there's people who want to share the load with me. There were 20 people on my wheel. (laughs) So as I had passed them not very fast, people were kind of jumping on, which which was totally fair and totally fun and 
we had a good time. And then I ended up trading poles with a few guys for three or four miles. Uh, but that group of 20, I ended up dropping them on the next rolling section. Just the, you know, if there's not big climbs and it's just rolling, I, that kind of suits me. And so I ended up uh, dropping that group, seeing a bunch more people. Um, on the way back to town, I end up hooking up with um, um, uh, uh, like the lead women, the, the lead women who were in the French fry race, in the 56-mile race. It was called the French fry because uh, this is Rebecca's private Idaho, and Idaho is known for its famous potatoes. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I've taken drugs. I'm talking so fast, and I haven't. I don't even have any caffeine in my system. But uh, it's no big surprise. But on the way back, I ended up with some of the lead women, and one of the lead women is Amanda Perino, who is the wife of Steve Perino. And if you followed the, if you watched the Tour de France coverage this year, Steve Perino was the NBC uh, correspondent who did all the like the like fun fluff pieces where they're like he visited the 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 beer tents and he stopped and talked to people on the side of the road they were sprinters or like sometimes families yes like yeah yeah so he that's steve perino he did all that stuff and so and steve and amanda were riding together so i got to ride with them for about 20 miles as well and we traded pulls for a while that because they were trying to win the duo category which they, they have a category there where two people can hook up and they have to finish within 30 seconds. They have to stay within 30 seconds of each other for the whole race. And then it's a, so that's, that's another kind of unique thing that Rebecca's private Idaho does. But anyway, uh, long story short, I ended up dropping them on the last climb, which is kind of surprising. I felt way better than I expected. I did with these broken ribs and all these issues I had this year. And, uh, out of those 400 people, I, um, I crested that, that final climb, and then it was a 10-mile downhill to the finish, which I ended up trading poles with a guy where we were we were both eyeing each other up to sprint it out at the end, but I, I ended up just not being able to stay with him. He beat me by like two seconds. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. But it was kind of funny, that downhill section, um, I ended up having like the fourth fastest time of the entire day out of all the pros and everybody um, because later in the day when the pros came through, there was a much stiffer headwind. And so don't think I'm, I mean, I'm fast downhill, but I'm not as fast as the pros. So, but I, I ended up 13th out of those 400 people in that short race, way better than I thought. I got to stick around and watch Terry Hamness finish. I got to see the pros finish. I got to see the, you know, um, I got to have more conversations with all these good. I had a nice little talk with Pace McKelvin a couple of times, who ended up winning the whole stage race. It was just, it was just gravel fanboy weekend in Idaho, is what it was. So we ended up just kind of having a blast. So sounds like a terrible weekend. Rough. Uh, you know, I I thought am I making a mistake missing this first cyclocross race and going to Idaho and. And doing something I've already done before, and man, I just I did not regret my decision at all. So that sounds like a spectacular race. It's so cool when you're fit. Do you enjoy doing the full stage? It is extremely difficult. Yeah. So I've done the full stage, the full hundred mile race, three times, 
and I am wrecked after it every time. It just it's because 100 miles on gravel is hard. Doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. So uh, last year I was pretty fit, and I still was only like 40th or 50th in the stage. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. Do you recommend that folks go out there and at least dip their toe in the water just doing one of the races? Or do they give you that option? Can you just pick and choose which yeah, one you want to yeah. do? Or? There, there, were, there were only 350 people in the stage race, uh-huh. but there was 1,000 on the Sunday race. Gotcha. So, yeah, you can, you can choose just to do the Sunday race and be part of the whole weekend. So She's been doing this for a while. It's 10 years. 10 years now. And it sells out. Just about every year, yeah? It does. Is she doing anything different than, say, any other gravel promoter out there? Uh, one of the things she does, it she's been very women-focused for the last few Good. years, yeah. um, trying to just increase the number of women people they have. They also had a non-binary category hmm. in all the races. Cool. Um, so that wh- however people identified, they could, they could register for, which was also very cool. They also it had... Um, like uh, the the um, like uh, hand cycles and like Dr. Meg Fisher who is missing a leg. Okay. Um, like uh, uh, para athletes. Yeah, yeah. They have a whole para athlete. That's um, great. Yeah, section. So I don't know. She's Rebecca Rush. Everybody knows her. I you know people want to be around her and be a part of it. So I think that's one of the big draws. But it, they also try to be very inclusive with everybody, which is gravel in general, you know? Oh, yeah. So, um, I don't know. I think it's just become so much more popular because of her and how big and good the race has gotten. And it doesn't hurt that it's just beautiful country. Sun Valley, Idaho is just amazing, amazing little yeah. valley. It's one of my favorite places in the world. And cool. I've been a lot of places. So. Right on. Anyway. Is that it? Um, um, after the race, uh, Brandon and I uh, <laughs> jumped in the van and drove all the way home, and I came back, and I did the first Portland Trophy Cup race last night. Oh, yeah. So our little cyclocross series, Portland Trophy Cup, it's a nighttime race, which is super uh, fun to race under the lights. Um, my race, the 50-plus race, was before sunset, so I didn't have to race in the pitch dark. But Portland Trophy Cup is is a riot. There was a huge turnout last night, um, much more than in years past. I race in the 50-plus field, and in years past, there's about 15 or 20 racers in that field. Last night, there were 45. Wow. So more than double of what it usually has. How many years has it been since Trophy Cup has I actually raced? Has it been, they missed the last two years? So it's been three years? Yes, correct. The okay. last race was in 2019. Mm-hmm. So they didn't do 20 or 21. Um, and it's been around since 2014, I think is when the race started. Um, great. Uh, it, it's just part, it's your normal party atmosphere, cyclocross race under the lights, um, so it was, it was a ton of fun. I don't know where I finished last night yet because as of Wednesday, right now it is noon on Wednesday and the results have not been posted yet. And, uh, I think out of that 45, I was somewhere in the top 10. I had some great battles and had, we had a lot of teammates out there and we just had a blast. So awesome. Good times. Is that it? Yes, please. I'm (laughs) sick of hearing myself talk. (laughs) I had a great week. Much better than last week when all I did was barely survive these broken ribs. All right, cool. I have to, to, like, think to myself after hearing that 
it seems to me like you're back to your normal ways after your injury of hopping in the van, doing something cool, racing home to race again. Like that just sounds like a story and you're back in that's hundred percent you. I'm glad your ribs, even if they aren't feeling better, they're I'm glad they're feeling better. It's, because that's it's not holding you back. Thank least. thank you, Matt. Yeah, yeah. It's better I'm feeling better than I suspected I would be at three weeks out from the injury. So cool. All right, let's move on to the next thing here. Uh, Champ Bailey, top five. Champ, are you here? Champ is here. What's up, Champ? There are some race results to talk about. Um, first thing we're going to talk about is the Vuelta España. Matt, have you saw, seen any of these uh, stages at all? Uh, I haven't watched anything, but I've just been kind of watching the headlines. Um, Rimco, Evan Fulton, seems like they were like pulling him back, but I wasn't sure, like, it, it, it was kind of looking like, oh, he might still hold on to it. That's kind of like the overall gist of what I've seen. But I've watched zero stages. The, um, I've actually watched at least highlights or most of every stage. So I, it's, been, it's been fun to watch because, I don't know, it's, it's the Tour of Spain. It's, it's very cool. Um, Remco Envipol is still in the lead. Um, his biggest rival, Primoz Roglic, who is the three-time defending champion, unfortunately crashed yesterday uh, with like 70 yards to go in the race, and he did not start the race today. So he is out at stage 17 today. Um, he... What, what, um, it's kind of interesting. Remco has been losing time this week in little chunks, like 25 seconds um, to uh, Roglic, who's been attacking at the ends of these uh, mountain stages. And yesterday's stage, um, it, it, was, it really was a completely flat sprint stage that ended with like one little like 400-meter rise. And Roglic attacked on the rise and dropped Remco and had like a, a 30 second, no, not 30 seconds. He had like a 10 second lead on them. And then all of a sudden, Remco got a flat tire and sat up. Like air quotes, flat tire? I'm not sure. <laughs> there, it, you know, everybody was kind of wondering if, did he really have a flat tire? Was he losing time? And they were within the three Ks of the finish. So you get the same time as the group that you were in. And so, um, yeah, Remco ended up uh, sitting up, waiting for his team car, getting a different bike and riding in. Knowing full well that it's going to get the same time. Yeah. yeah. Now, I thought that it had to be a crash not a mechanical. Mechanicals. They fall under that. Yeah, in the in that three k, apparently it falls in. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, Roglic was. Uh, there were five people off the front. Um, they had pulled, and and he was just pulling into behind them with like eighty yards to go, and he like clipped somebody's handlebars, and he went down hard, and so he didn't. He finished like a minute and a half later, too. He got up. He's bleeding all over himself. He didn't look like anything was broken, but you couldn't really tell. They haven't released anything yet, whether he really injured something, but mm -hmm. he didn't start today. And so he ended up only getting... He was given not the same time. 
but dip like eight sec. Remco only lost eight seconds instead of like the four minutes that he actually rolled across. So anyway, that was kind of disappointing. So that is very much a bummer. Yeah. Going back to Remco real quick, would you put that past him to pull that kind of? I don't know. I mean, there's speculation, and they're like, oh, yeah, they saw his bike on the team car, and the tire was flat. But, I mean, that's just a very simple, like, let me get your bike back from you, and, oh, hey, make sure you take all the air out of that tire. Yeah, right. I mean, okay, so your tire gets soft, and you can't ride three more K to get in. I Maybe, you know, it, it it would seem more likely that, okay, the tire started to go soft, he knew that he couldn't stay with the group because it was soft. Yeah. And so it was smarter for him at that point to pull off and get a new bike and, you know, and get the same time than try to stay with them with a soft tire. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. But would I put it past him for pulling something shady? I, I don't know. He, you know, his, his, he's suspect. <laughs> what do you think, Matt? Uh, I would just lean on whatever Evan would say, and I'm pretty sure Evan would throw this guy under the bus. <laughs> yes, he would. <laughs> be crushing him right now. So it's it's interesting to see what will happen there. There's still the rest of this week to go, and there's still another time trial, and there's still some mountaintop finishes, so we'll have to kind of roll and see what happens here. So kind of interesting. Um, let's, uh, other results, uh, Rebecca's private Idaho, the stage race was won by, uh, Pace McKelvin. He was second in all three stages. He didn't win any of the stages. He was second in all three, but he ended up winning the stage race, which is the first big race that Payson has won since, uh, I want to say the rule of three last year. It's been a while since he's won a big race. He's always been in the mix, but hasn't won one. So good for him. Uh, I think second was Brennan Wirtz and third was Andrew L'Esperance, which I just butchered his name. He's French, <laughs> but he's a mountain bike stud. And now I can't ever talk to him again because he's, I can't say his name. Um, on the women's side at Rebecca's Private Idaho, it was won by uh, Haley Smith. And she's also comes to the mountain bike side. I think second was Serena Gordon from Bend. Um, races for Live Cycling. And um, third was, um, I can't remember at the moment. And now I'm going to be in major trouble. Uh, Emma Grant was third, I believe. So good on them. Uh, local races, we did have our Hetmere race. And um, we had 20 or 25 uh, teammates that were out there. Yeah. Good showing. Good showing. Laura Mullen won the uh, the Masters Women 50 race, which was fantastic. Weirman took second in the in the Clydes. Who beat uh, Chris in the Clydes? Chris was not there because his son had a Nike mountain bike race in Newport. No, I'm talking about Weirman. You said he won the, got second in the Clydes. He got second in the Clydes. Um, yeah, there's another fast Clyde. I think his name is Jason Evans. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So... Somebody beat him. Uh, but the big team result for uh, Dodd Cycling uh, was unexpected. Nate Scott, uh, Mr. Watts, has um, he raced the 2-3 field for the first time ever and won. Handily. Well done, Nate. Nate crushed that. Well, so I'm told that I think there was like a lap or two to go, and he was trailing the leader by not very much, and 
one of our teammates chirped out him like you're only five seconds back and then he just summoned something inside of him oh, and just man. buried himself and came in and uh, passed the guy and got the win that's a fantastic result so. oh i love to hear that that's too funny so cool yeah so lots of fun i'm really bummed that i couldn't do that couldn't race, make but, it out there yeah. well not only to just take pictures and see the team and all this stuff but just race because I, I really like that race i mean i think that's a, a race that suits me pretty well and i didn't get to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a bummer. So. The elite race was won by Ian Brown. Uh, he came over from Bend. He is, I think he's 18 now, or he's 17 now. And race eight, age 18. Race age 18. Yeah, he's been a beast for a while. He's been a beast for a while. So Has he gotten picked up by anybody yet? Yeah, he's on a development team, okay. uh, Cascadia development team, and trying to get in with Trek's um, pro team. So, and he's got a shot at it. Okay. So he's he's going to be doing some bigger races this year as well, and the women's race was won by Jenna Ling, Lingwood. Okay, so she was out there ripping it too. So. <laughs> awesome. Other than that, I don't know. Were there any other results? No, Champ out. <laughs> Champ is out. Matt, did anything happen in triathlon? Oh, sorry, we're out of time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's so much going on in triathlon. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Oh, well, all right. Evan's off to go do a race. That's why he's not here today. He, so we'll have a results thing next week. Yes. So I think he went to Santa Cruz is what I assume. I think Is that right, Matt? Was he going to Santa Cruz? Yep. The, that's the big one for him. I think that that's kind of like his biggest, his biggest thing. Um, I think that the, like some of the um, shorter stuff, like super league stuff just started. Okay. This for the, for the stuff, and so they had their first race in London. I don't, I don't have any results for you, but Hayden Wild, maybe. Gotcha. Anyway, you guys don't care. You don't care. No, not I don't really. think there was. Any, there was, I, as far as I know, there wasn't any big Ironman races this past weekend. But yeah, uh, let's see. I think Ari, um, Clow, and Evan Price and um, Eric Lagerstrom are all racing next weekend, and that will be, you know, Eric. Uh, I'd say, no, I guess Evan's probably the headliner for that particular race. So, <laughs> yeah, he does. Should be, I actually think he'll do really well. He's in good shape. He is in good shape. He's been, you know, he's been training very well and very fit right now. So, let's hope he can put one together. That would be cool. Yeah. It would be great to get a race report from him on the next podcast. Yes. See what we can do. It might be tricky because of his travel schedule. Sweet. All right. Anything else? Nope. <laughs> all right let's move on to the next thing hey we've got another poster to give away oh we do we do so from the dylan wiggins oh did you see dylan wiggins uh um youtube um thing that he put up uh today you'll you'll have to go check out dylan's youtube that channel. was <laughs> hilarious and i think matt's comment on that was spot on matt do you want to um let us know what your comment was on that dylan wiggins posted video and it's got like romantic music in the background or something i can't remember the exact music it's that he enya. Used, it, was, it was yeah. enya <laughs> it was um yeah so uh fantastic music choice and then it's just like kind of slow motion actually even the lighting is good with a with a the rear camera shot and it happens to be just you know kind of into the sun or whatever but it's, it's a nice shot glorious shot and it's just lance of passing him flipping him the bird consecutively <laughs> the whole pass and then switching to the front camera where Lance is still flipping him the bird as he passes <laughs> and all, all set in you 
and uh, post it to YouTube for your viewing pleasure. It is definitely worth a watch. Clap <laughs> face two. It's only like a twenty-five second video or something, and I was I titled was... the the best cyclocross pass <laughs> ever or something along those lines. Yeah, it was on the last lap, I believe, and or the second to last lap, and he had started in the wave in front of me, so like. 30 seconds in front of me yeah and i'm finally catching him and i see that he's got a camera on his seat post and so you know as a joke in love and to be funny i flipped him off the whole way by and he just laughed at me when i went (laughs) it was funny he's been laughing his arse off when he saw that (laughs) on the video so cool all right. Well, anyway, it's uh, it's time to do a little uh, Patreon drawing, and um, we can do that right now. All right. We have a flogging poster created by the one and only Dylan Wiggins. Yes. Mr. Quapface 2, and he presented that to us a couple weeks ago, and I wanted to give that away to one of our patrons, and I've got our little jar of peoples here right now. Do you want to pull it? Do you want me to? Go for it. it. All right. Here's a bunch of our current patrons. The winner of the flogging poster is... John Hatfield. John Hatfield. Nice. You are um, the proud winner of that. You can swing by and pick that up, or we can figure out a way to get that to you, John Hatfield. Um, yeah, you're going to love that poster. You're going to love it. It's one of my favorite ones that he it's, did. It's pretty cool. It's very, yep. very well done. Thank For you, Dylan. Patreon stuff. If you want to be a patron, you can go to doubtpodcast.com, click on the Patreon link, follow that over to the different options that you can choose from and become a patron yourself and help support the show. We greatly appreciate that. We'll continue to do more drawings and uh, yeah, good times. All right. Enough of that. Moving on. All right. All right. Topic for the day. Guys, I, I have some bad news. It's, it's getting close to that time of year. Crappy and, weather. And yet it's somehow like 90 degrees each day. <laughs> but you can still feel like it in the air. Like yesterday here. Something like that. But you can still feel it in the air. Like in the morning when you get up, it's like a little bit crisp. It's a little bit cold. Yes. I'm like, ooh, that feels like a little bit of fall in the air. And that just is that that subtle reminder like, oh, yeah, we've already passed Labor Day. And the weather's going to start getting pretty crappy. And next thing you know, it's going to be 42 degrees and raining all the time. And we're going to have to, like, do this whole bike riding thing. Probably a lot of it indoors or outside when it's crappy weather out. And it's really hard to keep your motiv- self motivated after a certain amount of time of doing that. Like when you get to like December, January, you're like, oh, I'm so over this. And like, you're just relishing that, that, that one nice day that you can go outside and maybe even getting to spring where you can like shed a layer and it's not, it's now rain on you. So <laughs> anyway, um, we wanted to talk about this. I ran across an article in triathlete magazine. I thought this was kind of an interesting topic and I wanted to see if you guys had some things to add to it as well. But the, uh, the topic is, or the, the, the title of it is the six ways to trick your brain into actually liking your workouts. And during the summertime or like late spring or early fall, that's not a hard thing to do. I mean, barring like being burned out or fatigued or hurt or something like that. Sometimes that'll maybe cause some issues, but when all things are good, weather's good and you're out training, it's not hard to convince yourself to like your workouts when you're outside. Cause generally speaking, you're either enjoying some nice weather, some nice yeah. scenery, doing it with friends. And, and it's a lot easier to pass the time, but when you've got to do the same thing indoors and you have to sit on a trainer for hours on end, or if you've got to go outside and ride in like, again, 42 degrees and raining, it's hard to do that time after time after time. So I wanted to run through this and see what your guys' thoughts were in terms of what the article has to say, and then see what you guys have to lend to this whole topic. I'm going to be listening closely because I I get in those ruts as well. I'm like, I don't want to go do this. And you've like, you'll go do your workout. Next thing you know, you're like, turn it off, 
not yeah. doing road mode. I'm going to finish out this hour. I'm going to turn it off, get off, and just move on because I'm, I'm done. So maybe there's something here, some little nugget of wisdom, something that you guys can lend to us or the um, the uh, the listeners out there to help them get through this stuff that's pending. It's it's coming. It's almost here. And I hate to tell you, but it's almost here. Yeah, it's almost here. All right. So important, go ahead, important to know, Jake, from triathlete.com. <laughs> yeah, so, so we'll, we'll see what kind of quality uh, suggestions they quality. have here. <laughs> quality. All right, so their first one, which I thought was kind of a, a good thing. I mean, come up with like a reward for yourself. And their thing is, uh, the tip number one is a reward raffle. So kind of put in like a bunch of different things that you can put in like this little like, jar of whatever, like our little Patreon jar here with all the names in it. And if you finish your uh, your ride successfully then you get to go pull something other and you get to have whatever that said thing is and maybe it's not just things that you put in there maybe you can have some other people put some stuff in there like you know maybe your kids are going to do the dishes for you or someone's going to fold the laundry for you because you finished your workout maybe there's something in there i don't know but or lance will put in there like you know new power meter new bicycle (laughs) you know a road trip to utah (laughs) there you go one of the uh, one of the rewards I give myself for indoor workouts is uh, sauna time, and that is not relatable to most people. And I'm so sorry, but I have <laughs> I have a sauna at my house, yeah. and it it you the health benefits from the sauna are much better if your if your body temperature is already up, and so if you if so. The best thing with, with sauna work is if you do a hard workout, you're hot, you're sweaty, your body core temperature is already up, and then you go get right in the sauna for like 20 minutes right after that. Um, and if Because it, it just helps with your blood production and your endurance levels, and you're not doing anything but just sitting in a room. So that can be very beneficial. But, it increases your plasma level. Yes, that. Thank you. I couldn't remember exactly what it was. It increases your plasma it, levels. So, yeah, I think it's like brings your blood capillaries closer to the skin and can reduce blood pressure and things like that long term. Good so, benefits. Good. So, um, I, you know, it's great. It's great in the winter time to have the sauna, but I don't just go get in the sauna. I like to reward myself with the sauna, and so I will do a trainer workout before. Do you give yourself anything in addition to being able to go into the sauna? Like you get to have this drink or this food or something like that? Or is it generally just you just go in there and chill? It's go in there and chill. That's interesting. Yeah. Cool. But that's not relatable. (laughs) I'm sorry. How about you, Matt? Do you ever reward yourself? Not, I mean, um, when I read this, I was immediately thinking like, ooh, you could put like a pint of beer or something on your, because the way they describe it in the article is like, you know, you fold up 15 pieces of paper, five of them have rewards on it. So sometimes you get rewards and sometimes you don't. I've never done that before. I always feel like they're, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't feel a huge need for rewards for doing a workout, but I will take any extra motivation for like getting started, I guess. And so I'm willing to try anything, uh, but I, I've never tried this before as far as like the specific, you know, recommendations for these kind of like raffle the reward raffle um yeah so i can't i mean i can't really think of anything 
you know, after a long bike ride, sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I will reward my, I don't really call it like a reward. I'm just like, yeah, I'll, I'll have a beer or something like that. Um, you know, you kind of feel like, oh, I earned it today, but I don't know if that's a good, good one because then you're negating some of the benefits of your actual workout. So I don't know. Do you find it easier to do a workout with other people? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yes. So kind of one of the things when I was, that I've been just kind of stewing around on this is like, we do our Tuesday night workouts on the bike and, and those I, I go to because I want to be there with my friends and I feel accountable to be there. What if we told everybody like, Hey, at the beginning of the season, cause there's usually 21 of these workouts that we have to do. Maybe we did them in a chunks of like, you know, seven, three blocks of seven, or maybe even smaller than that and say, everybody kicks in, we'll say 21 bucks. So it's a dollar per person that, that enters into this. And maybe you get like 50 people and there's going to be some money in there. And then we can have everybody like you have to show up every single week. You have to do all of the rides. You have to be present. You have to be there from start to finish. And then we'll take the money and we're going to buy a block of prizes for block A, B, C, however. And then like, if you finish huh. all of them, then you're in the raffle. And then if er- all the people that finish get their name thrown in there, then pull it out of the hat. And then you get a prize based on what that money purchased. Something like that can be kind of fun. That could be fun. It's like if you make it to all seven workouts in, in this, this block, exactly, then you get to be in the raffle, raffle. for the prizes. Yep. And we all chipped in like 21 bucks and then it just kind of pays for those prizes. What? What if we came up with like, I mean, it doesn't have to be anything big. It could be like something like socks, but I'm thinking I'm looking around my office at all the tech stuff. I bet we could come up with a giveaway where people don't have to like donate money necessarily. Well, there's that too. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to do it, but I mean, you could just do some simple things too. A dollar each. No one would bat an eye at that for sure. Yeah. I'm and- just like, I could lose some bike computers or some heart rate monitors or Ooh. some, or rate bar, bike uh-huh. radar. I'm. I just have a lot on my plate right now. I think I've got some stuff that I was going to drop off at the um, at the lab, you know. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, we giveaways with this stuff for sure. Especially if someone, I don't know. We can, we can talk about how to do this. Maybe we have. I like the idea of having like seven, seven, and seven, and, and having a raffle at each one. Um, but we can come up with some fun, fun ideas yeah, for sure. Maybe. Yeah. I, I think that if we kind of pool some stuff, cause God knows I've got plenty of stuff down here at the lab and I'm sure that we could get some other yep. people to get on board with it as well. That um, are different, you know, partners or uh, companies, manufacturers and whatnot. They're usually pretty generous. And this time of year too, they've usually got a little bit of an extra marketing budget. And if we're going to put that in there and we've got lots of people showing up, that could be a lot of fun. So Let's put a pin in that one and let's talk about it a little bit more. And if uh, anybody out there that's listening to this wants to join the rides, if you've got some ideas or some way to expand upon that, let us know. That'd be fun. Yeah. And maybe they let them like choose between a couple of things because like, you know, if the raffle is a bike radar, that's like cool. But like, uh, you know, I already have one and you know, like Jake doesn't need a bike radar, you know, in all honesty. I think, but like if he had to choose between that and like a heart rate monitor, maybe he needs a heart rate monitor. Maybe his heart rate monitor is worn out. I don't know. But like, I feel like we could come up with something cool to do for giveaways that don't, that's not too difficult for us. But a raffle of some sort sounds like a really good idea. So does that motivate you to want to show up to a ride or a workout? And maybe we can have multiple workouts throughout the course of the week too. I mean, who knows? Anything for me, like, okay, if you're, I mean, we do this every year where we do like 100 days of ride or whatever. It's any challenge, and even if there's zero reward, like, it's like, oh, I can try to do that. That will be 
challenging for me to ride every day or whatever the challenge is. Like I do get motivated by that stuff. It's not necessarily for the reward, just that there's like a little challenge out there and you know, that that's like, okay, I will be willing to, you know, sacrifice whatever it is. Like I got to be here on time for this particular thing or else, you know, won't count for this or, um, you know, especially for that, like hundred rides. When we did that block, is that from, well, you're, you're kind of starting to step on my one last thing here, but, uh, (laughs) I guess we'll go ahead and talk about that. It's going to start. We're, we're, I'm changing it up just a little bit this year. We've done it before where we started in the middle of August and we finished on Thanksgiving and you're thankful for your uh-huh. 100 days of riding. I'm going to change it up to make it a little bit more challenging in that we're starting in, I think it's, don't quote me on this. I'll get the actual date before we finish this, yeah. but uh, I think it's September 23rd or 26th or something like that. And then it'll have us finishing on New Year's Day. And the the thought uh-huh. process was, all right, if if we're going to do this hundred days of riding, let's do it through more crappy weather than getting like half right. of August and all of September and the early part of October when it's pretty nice. And you really only have to endure, you know, like five, six weeks of like crappy ish weather. Oh, that's so interesting. we're going to move it back a little bit. We're moving the goalpost. We're going to try something new. I like it. So I think I made it the first year through the hundred days. And then the second year I made it through like 50 or 60 or something like that. And then something came up and I was like, eh, whatever, you know, like things come up, whatever. It's, it's fine. But like they they are motivating even if there's not reward, and so throw out a small reward and, and it might motivate people a little additional a little bit more. But I do um, I like the article's concept of like self reward yeah. and having it a little bit random. Like every time you do a workout, you don't get a reward necessarily. Sometimes you pick a blank piece of paper. So maybe I'll try this. I do need to get motivated to do some, you know, some of those indoor riding blocks. And I think that those are the type of workouts that, you know, really help you get in shape. Right, Lance? Yeah. Something. You know what can even make it even more interesting too would be um, like have your significant other. For me, my wife, have her make the list of things, you know, Ah. (laughs) and tell her like, hey, go ahead and throw in a couple crappy things there too. For your reward today, you get to go like mow the lawn or cut that tree down, you know, something (laughs) along those lines. That could be interesting, but just kind of keeping it fresh but it could be kind of cool because they could throw some stuff in there that you weren't expecting and, true. and maybe that's a little bit better of a reward you're not giving yourself something somebody that, that you care about is giving you something you're like hey that's really nice that, yeah so different way to shake a stick at that one um matt do you want to read tip number two since you have that up right in front of you pull that up um set micro goals when dopamine yeah okay so this is something that i think if you've been doing athletics or if you've been um doing sport for long enough that you've probably figured out on your own uh but just as a refresher micro goals in this case they're talking about breaking up you know long workouts uh and just saying like hey make it through the warm-up part and then focus on like the next part which is like just this two-minute block hard. Don't start looking at the entire workout and telling yourself you're never going to be able to make the whole thing. And I think a lot of you guys, if you've, you know, tackled anything hard, you know, like breaking it up is a a good way, like a good mental strategy to tackle it. Gotcha. Lance, you got a two cents you want to add to this? You know, um, I, I, a lot of these workouts especially through this winter, if I don't have a race on the schedule, (laughs) 
or something I'm specifically training for, it's very hard for me to get through an entire workout. If I'm trying to do it just to look good naked, it's like not enough <laughs> motivation like, anymore. I already do look good. That's right. No need to, do, no need to finish the workout, Lance. I'm done. Here we, here we are. So, I mean, like, this this last year, I was I was kind of injured for a good part of the fall, and that just derailed, like, all my early season base building training. And so I ended up going to training camp, like, not very fit and just got crushed by the team. And that was a little demoralizing to go just get crushed by the team at training camp and then not do well in any of the early season races. Not that we have a whole lot of early season races, but... Uh, it it set up the whole year poorly for me, um, but so knowing that there's something on the schedule that I'm training for is definitely motivating for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Keeping something on the calendar. So, it's, I feel like it's another thing that I don't do. So you're out right, on that one. Um, Triathlon.com. I'm questioning you. <laughs> All right, the fourth tip, tap into your why. And I think we kind of already talked about that. Look good naked. <laughs> Look good <laughs> naked, yeah. No, that's why I put a, a race on the schedule so that yeah. I have a why that I'm yeah. doing that. Yeah. Not, you know, not not just to be fit and try to look better, but also to, you know, I, I want to do well in this race and not suffer so much during this race. That's not really true. Even when you're fit, you suffer just as much. You just go faster. Yeah, but you also don't want to get dropped. I mean, if you're doing road race and you get dropped, that's about as demoralizing as it gets. Yes. When you're off the back and you're out there riding by yourself and there's no chance of you catching on, do you even want to finish that race? There's no gruppetto in your local races. No. <laughs> you know, that that could be part of your motivation is just yeah. to stay with the group. I mean, we've had those kinds of, like, just like group rides. Yeah. I can remember when I first got into road cycling, I remember going out and riding with this group on Saturdays and I showed up thinking, I'm going to do awesome. You know, I'm this mountain biker guy and I can, I can hang with these roadie guys wearing like all their you know, skin tight Lycra stuff that I was actually wearing too, but you know, <laughs> there. anyway, and I got dropped like a bad habit on the first couple of rides. I was just like, these guys, like they're riding at a whole different level. I mean, granted they were, talented cyclists i'm yes. just called that and i couldn't keep up with them and i'd get dropped and like i'm riding by myself for another you know 10 15 miles and i slowly but surely just came coming back and i slowly but surely was focused and i started doing some things differently with my training i started putting in more miles i started eating a little bit differently i started doing some stuff um one thing that really helped me out was beetroots and didn't know it until I actually yeah, yeah. started noticing some like huge gains. I'm like, what is so different? What is making this big difference? And it, it ended up being that. But long story short, I ended up not getting dropped. I ended up hanging with them. And eventually, after a few months that had passed by, after like really kind of honing in on stuff, I started to be able to ride off the front and start being a part of some of the breakaways and actually got into uh. a situation where I was winning some of the big sprints for some of the big, uh, you know, sections. And I was dropping people before we even got to that. So that was a big motivating thing. That was my why. I like, I, why are you doing this? Because I want to be able to beat these guys. And I wanted to get faster on a mountain bike. But, sure. you know, having that motivation kind of changes your, your paradigm. Yes. Like, what's going on? Very much. Yeah. I like that. How do you tap into your why, Matt? I don't know. I mean, uh, I would go, I would lean heavily on what Lance said, which is, like, when you have a big race, and I think it's, for me, it's like a race that scares you. Like, that's huge. That's a huge why. Gotcha. 
I guess if you're asking yourself, why the hell am I doing this? Yeah. Then you don't have a good why. It's true. <laughs> so again, putting something on the calendar or being able to have a measurable thing that, that you can see um, and wanting to that to be part of your why. I, why am I doing this? Because I want to be able to keep up or beat or do whatever. I mean, you've got to have that on your... So Matt, this has been a hard couple of years for you when you've, you know, you've had these Achilles issues. You had, yep. you had that wreck on the time trial bike that laid you out for a little while. But yep. I mean, it's been hard for you to even have a race on the schedule. So how, I mean, how, but, how have you kind of dealt with that or how have you tried to deal with that? I, I lean on my stupidity and positivity. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Positively like, stupid, huh? <laughs> positively stupid. No, just like, oh, I will I will get back. I will do I'll do a race next year. I'll do blah 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 blah. Yeah. Right? Like it, maybe it's not realistic, maybe it is, but like um one of my like little little goals was like, Oh, I wanna do a uh, sprint triathlon this season if it's possible after the surgery, after the Achilles surgery. And I felt lucky that it was, even if it wasn't like a great time or great performance or whatever it is. But, you know, so now it's like, you know, probably more towards the beginning of the next year where I can start to look and be like, okay, what is the next goal? Maybe it's just an Olympic race. And maybe I walk half of that also. Like, who cares? Like, I, I think I'd be fine with that. But like, just something else that's a little bit more challenging. The problem I think I run into is that they're not as scary to me. Like, like, like even, the Olympic distance isn't as daunting as doing an Ironman. You mean that? Even a half Ironman race, like that might be a little bit scary for me right now, but like, it's just the fact that I've done so many of those in the yeah. past, like they're not super scary. And so, and all of those two, you're like, Oh, I want to do well in those races. And so that is like, Oh yeah, I gotta make sure I'm getting my sleep. I gotta make sure I'm eating right. It's so it's so much easier to when you're tired at the end of the day to like skip having a beer, like all those things. Right. When you're when you're really scared of that big race, you know those are those are very helpful for staying on task. Uh, whereas I think even like an Olympic distance, you know, race, even though that would be a stretch for me, it's like yeah, you're gonna be sore, but day or afterwards but like whatever you don't have to skip the buffet line fatty like just keep eating <laughs> right you know so that's where i'm at right now um i think that there you know there's other fun things that i want to do it's just like that i'm not sure anything is i'm not signing up for anything that's like super super scary at this moment so well i mean you were you were an elite level athlete for so many years, um, and then to one of the best in the world, one of the best in the world, at least in your cul-de-sac, and um, <laughs> the it, it, that's a that's a difficult thing when when things start to break or things start to fall apart. How are you know how do you deal with that mentally? Think, well, okay, so. I think at some point, like, let's say you realize you're not going to run a marathon PR anymore, right? Like, and you're like, right. oh, well, cool. Well, hop in triathlon. And then that progressed really well. And although I was still never getting close to marathon PR times, right? Like, I wasn't going to run sub six minute miles for a long time. It was just like, you could still go and do really well in a triathlon. And 
And so the fact that you're able to change gears just makes it that much easier in the future to change gears, right? right? Like maybe do adventure riding or gravel bikes or whatever. It's like, you know, you can make changes because you've done it in the past. And so again, also stupidity (laughs) and positively stupid. Like that's the key. That's the secret ingredient. Well, I mean, that just goes to show, you know, the kind of attitude you have about things. And that's that's a hard thing for people to have. I mean, that's why I think I think that's why a lot of people like get into triathlon and do it for three or four years and then get out because they either stop progressing or they started as, you know, uh, a master athlete to begin with. And they make all these PRs for a couple of years and improve quite a bit for a couple of years. And then the PRs stop coming and they get less yeah. motivated and they're like, uh, maybe, maybe I'll just ride bikes for a while. No. Yeah. And I feel like that's, no, that's just, I mean, I feel like that's real for everyone. Like I am way less motivated for triathlon than I was five years ago when I was, you know, setting personal records, you know, every race, but that's okay. Like it doesn't mean that right. they're not fun to go do. Right. Right. No. You're absolutely true. That's, I mean, like this year for me, I mean, I'm not nearly as fit or as fast as I was last year. Just in one year, I mean, I had a rough winter of um, of back problems and injuries, and then I gained weight, and then I couldn't lose the weight very well. And so then you show up at the races, and my kit doesn't fit very. You know, I'm I'm beefy instead of instead yep. of svelte. So then you're a little embarrassed and you're like, okay, I'm just going to race because it's fun to race. And then I do the race and instead of vying for, you know, the top for the podium, I'm just trying not to be dead last or mid Or you're trying to beat the person in front of you, right? What's that? You're trying to beat the person in front of you. Yes. Yeah. Which I, I think here's the thing. I think you and I are in the same boat, right? Like injuries and things like that. And weight gain, it's like, life's not pretty, but it doesn't mean we are not going to have fun. Right. And I think what we need to probably remind ourselves is like, hey, uh, you you know, still get out there, still do stuff. When you have negative thoughts, put them in, you know, where they belong, which is in the trash or whatever. And, 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 you know, like, keep moving forward and keep trying to have fun because, like, that's why we do this stuff. And hopefully, motivation, you know, comes and goes and you know like whether we can steal motivation from trying to do a hundred rides in a row or from right. you know sort of raffle process whatever right, like right. wherever we can get it yeah no that does make sense i mean it's i mean i i've just tried to kind of steadily try to improve this year and i have a little bit but again it's just been it's been more difficult um because I'm getting older and stuff doesn't heal as well. And then occasionally you just don't unclip and fall over and break your ribs. Hey, 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 hey. I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Oh. Have you guys been doing rock talk? No. Rock talk? We've, we've, we've been having a very serious conversation about, about aging athletes. <laughs> Sorry. I've been trying to do like five things at one time. Jake got busy, so I started interviewing Matt about aging athletes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll have to listen to podcasts to find out. You have to find out what we we're, talked about. We're, Jake, we're at about tip five now. So that one is uh, dopamine jams. As oh, in dopamine. That's my jam. <laughs> That's your jam. But I think on is real. 
I think that the there's been plenty of research showing like yes, you put music on and you will write faster. Oh, one hundred percent. And I always for big workouts blast music. I I don't. I mean, even when we're doing our um, whatever they are like our our group rides on Zwift, I like try to mute the uh, conversation and blast music, especially when I'm getting drunk. Got to blast some music. That's a yeah. That's a good call. Does it surprise you to have me tell you that a lot of times when we go on like the flogging rides or the gravel rides that I'm wearing my Aftershocks headphones and you guys don't know, but I'll, if I know that I'm going to go do something stupid or try and like break off the front, uh, seriously, I'll turn on music and I'll cycle through until I find a good song. And then that's when I go. (laughs) That happened. I did it last night. hundred percent. That doesn't surprise me. And it it freaking works. Yeah. Be like, Oh, this is a, you know, ACDC just dropped. Uh-oh, better get ready for to get on Jake's wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Except we can't hear it, so we don't know that he's all of a sudden yeah. dopamine. I have some, like, little LED display on my uh, my back of my seat that tells you what's what's, what's playing on Jake's headphones right now. <laughs> awesome. That's all funny. right, so I'll let you guys uh, not have to recap that whole dopamine jams. That's a good one. Um, do it anyway. Tip number six, do it anyway. That's a terrible tip. <laughs> <laughs> that's dumb Just suck it up Try buttercup triathlete.com <laughs> uh, do we even need to talk about this one do it anyway how's that a tip it's that's- not you know one of the things that I do um, that I think really helps me I, and I, Evan loves to bag on trainer road because he doesn't understand it and he hasn't looked at the science behind what their training plans entail and he's also trying to sell his own coaching services so i understand why he bags on it but the trainer road workouts and the way that they have designed things has been incredibly helpful to me so it they really do have the best workouts that i have found online i've done a bunch with zwift i've done a bunch with no i think i've just done a bunch with swift online but the trainer road, you know, the trainer road workouts are better. One of the things trainer road workouts do is many of them have like motivating things for each interval as you're going through the interval. And so just trying to complete that interval is. Can I go in and adjust those and put in stuff for you? Give you some motivation. <laughs> no, you can't. With some video. No, it comes Flip from Flip you off a little bit. <laughs> it's yeah. a, some flipping off video would be hilarious. <laughs> but um, I have found that doing those workouts are extremely motivating. Just so, just so, trying to get through the next interval. And they push you and you get faster. I, I don't care who you are. You get faster if you're doing those trainer road workouts. So... The phrase of the day is, shut up, Evan. That's correct. <laughs> shut up, Evan. Trainer Road is worth it. I don't know. I, I It works for you. It and works when, for me. That's, when you that's do it point. and you're, you're spot on with it, it works for you. I've tried it. I just feel like it's too much intensity. I mean, I like the workouts, but I, I need about, I don't know, a quarter or a third of what they're prescribing in terms of like yeah. the sweet spot stuff and coupled with some of the interval work. And it just felt like, all right, I can do this, but it's not sustainable. Yeah. Like a polarized program works for me much better. I feel like I get much better re- results. And there might be some times where I'd want to sprinkle in a little bit more of the intensity stuff, a little bit more of the sweet spot stuff. And then there's sometimes where I need to back off and, and just looking at a periodized workout. That works for me. So I don't know. Maybe maybe Evan has a point for him that doesn't work or 
I don't know, but for you, it does work. Proof positive. It works. It works. Yeah. What about you, Matt? I think, um, I prob. I mean, I've tried trainer road. I think it worked pretty well. I do. I like their little motivation, motivational things that pop up. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm also okay. Like, with my own really simple workout. Yeah. I think that the, the thing that I always come back to is that like, you know, and, and I don't know if Evan, Evan definitely, I wouldn't agree with this either is that it's not necessarily the specific type of workout in the workout plan in the blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's not the super scientific stuff. It's the fact that you're doing workouts on a regular basis that makes you faster and that having a plan is the fact, you know, it's like just having a plan is whatever that is. Like you make the plan, you know, um, your mom makes right. the plan for you. And since it doesn't really matter, as long as there's a plan and you stick to it, you will get faster for the most part. And so I, I think about this a lot with like coaching high school athletes. And there's so many coaches that I talk to at these races and they think that they're like God's gift to coaching teams. And I'm like, no, make kids run, have them do workouts, have them recover from those workouts. And they will race really well. It's not like rocket science. It's just a matter of like putting these, you know, specific efforts in. Doesn't really even matter exactly what those efforts are. Yes, maybe like there's some small, small percentage of difference between, you know, doing higher intensity stuff versus doing, you know, more aerobic work and things like that. But it's like, no, you really just need to do the work, right? Like it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's get those workouts. Like that's the stuff that's really detrimental. Yeah, that, that's well put. And I think another thing to take into consideration too is having somebody hold you accountable, whether it be a coach or a training partner. Yeah. Um, I think that yeah. those two things do wonders for people. I don't necessarily subscribe to the notion of like you need these high-end, fancy, like crazy built, all kinds of stuff, throwing the kitchen sink at you kind of workouts. I mean, you can keep it pretty straightforward and easy as long as it's periodized and it's going to show progression and you're going to layer things up and then you know when to take some rest and – you know, if you're not getting like passion blind about this whole thing about, you know, like I'm going to do all this stuff and you're not realizing what you might be doing right or wrong or getting into the the notion of like just thinking or giving yourself an excuse, I guess, like oh, I'm going to just bag this one today. Like, it, but if you've got somebody that's overlooking you and say, hey, what, what, what happened here? What gives? Why didn't you why didn't you go hard or hey, come on, keep up. Don't don't give up right now. Like right. if I go out and ride with Lance and we're going to go beat the snot out of each other, like I want to like bury him as much as I want to bury myself. And I know that that's going to be fun. So that's a motivating factor. But if I'm having an off day or if I'm being like, you know, blah, he's going to kick me in the butt and I'm going to say, all right, I'll do this and I'll, I'll come out better on the backside of it. Yeah. So those couple things right there, I think make a big difference for people. So making sure yeah. that you have somebody hold you accountable is, is, is key and yeah, have a good, good and thought out program. It doesn't have to be a coach or someone that's like staring at your workouts. It can just be like Jake said, like just meeting someone, just meeting up to ride is just, and for me, that's enough accountability where it's like, oh, I, we, I said six o'clock, like we're going to do this at six. We're going to do our, you know, Swift ride. And, yep. and so that's, that's enough. Gotcha. Cool. cool. Right. Well, that's the, the, the end of their list. This Thanks. was like, eh, there's a couple things in there. <laughs> yeah. Little takeaways. Before we, we bag this one, though, is there anything that wasn't on the list that you guys want to bring up or you want to throw, like, hey, this is like my honeycomb secret or this works for me or this is a great thing to keep me motivated? Uh, um, especially through the winter, if I don't have a prescribed workout but I want to work out, 
um, joining a PacerBot group on Zwift yes. is is great. Yeah, because you kind of depending on which group you pick, you have to uh, you have to kind of focus a little bit to stay with the group. Mm-hmm. Some groups are obviously easier to stay with than others. If you challenge yourself and move up to the next group, you have to work or pay attention to uh, to stay with the group. And if that's the case, you're gonna just do more work. Do you guys ever use Strava as a way to make your brain think that you're going to like this workout because you're going to go out and do something that nobody else is doing that day or do something that's a little bit bigger and better or a little bit better or you're going to go out and get a KOM or something like that and you're looking for that affirmation from people on the back end? I, I know for some people that that drives them to want to go out and like, hey, look what I did today. Oh, I absolutely do that. I'm completely guilty of that. <laughs> look at this cool place I rode today. Yeah. Oh, wait, I stopped on the drive home from Idaho on Monday and took a KOM that I realized I already had, which I didn't so realize. So if, if Strava did not exist and there was no way for you to post what you did on your ride, post any pictures for your ride, granted you could probably post it on Facebook, but nobody on Facebook's going to care. Would you have stopped and done I that? I probably wouldn't have stopped. It was an hour and a half from home. Yeah. We were been driving for, you know, seven hours already. I probably wouldn't have but stopped. Not for nothing. Sometimes like posting stuff on Strava, I do for myself because I will be able to go back and what they've started doing, which is kind of cool, is like on this day last year, this is the ride you did. Yes. Yeah. And I like taking the pictures because I've told this before on this podcast, I use that time hop app and it shows you what you did on this yes. day last year, 10 years ago, however many years ago that you've got media that's attached to it. And that kind of stuff, I like that, uh, you know, the, the memory of that. I think yes. that that's pretty cool. So making the memory and putting it on Strava for me is kind of a cool thing. Agreed. And people see that too, like, oh my gosh, you got to do that. And, you know, tell me more about that. And, you know, it's, it's fun for people to watch what Lance is doing because he goes to all these cool places. I'm like, all right, that's place number 67 that I need to go see that Lance has <laughs> gone and done without me. And I need to go do that now too. So, I mean, we thank you for that. But for you, I mean, does the, the whole Strava thing probably helps motivate you it to does. do what you do. Or yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll ride in a new place that I think maybe not many people have ridden yeah. before. And there'll be some like section where I'll just go full out just to see how I stack up to anybody who's ever, you know, been through that area. And then I realize nobody's ever ridden here before. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what I, about on I, the I trainer cool though? Spot. Would you ever do something on the trainer? I, I guess you can kind of call it flexing a little bit, but sometimes you're like, oh yeah, I went and did a century today, even though it only took you four hours sitting on trainer. But what if you're like, your name is beef mountains and you're like, yeah, I rode for four hours today and held 320 Watts oh the whole gosh. time. <laughs> you know, something like that. I mean, does something being able to post something like that yeah. motivate you to get through a hard workout? It would. Yeah. Or like, I want to ride a hundred miles. I'm going to do it on Zwift with a pacer bot because I'll do it an hour faster than if I did it on uh-huh. my own. <laughs> Averaging 24, 25 yes, miles an hour. Right. Yep. How about you, Matt? Do you have anything to throw at the listeners that you do that kind of gets you uh, tricking yourself into liking your workout? Uh, I think we've covered pretty much everything. Um, I, you know, obviously there's a lot of stuff like, you know, we kind of probably touched on this too, like go somewhere new, try, you know, try something that you haven't done before. Stuff like that is extremely motivating. I think like if you, you know, if you try it, like, Jake, you and I used to do this all the time where it would be like, um, we're going to go bike somewhere and we don't even know where that is. Like there's no agenda. It's just like, go right. And those I think are just super fun. So that's a good way to enjoy it. There are some times that I will deprive myself of stuff because I didn't go do my workout. 
if I miss my workout and say my wife wants to go out to dinner, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to have salad for dinner. I don't deserve to have something a little bit nicer or yeah. a little bit more calorically dense because I don't want to, you know, have those extra calories sitting on me. So I will take away the ability to have that or maybe a glass of wine or whatever it might be if I didn't get the workout done. Interesting. So that's just kind of like a, like, if you want to do something, you got to get this done first, you know. That's probably my last thing to, to add to this conversation. All right. Lance, you done? Anything else? Nope, I'm done. Which was Matt, you done? Got it. We're good. Cool. Moving on to one last thing, Matt Legrand. We'll, as usual, we're going to start with you. Well, um, Apple's enough there. Uh, they have like a new phone and a new Apple Watch. I'll try to get one to review because I'm, I'm going to try to cover like, trying to like limit some of the things that I cover, but I'm trying to think like anything that really does triathlon, I'm going to try to like keep those going and if things don't really pertain to triathlon i'll try to eliminate it uh but yeah so i'll try to review the next apple watch as that comes my way and um the uh zwift actually announced hardware i saw that you guys saw? yeah oh, they, they got a new trainer right yeah well they trainer. looks like they purchased another company and now they're white labeling it or oh, okay maybe they purchased it and they're putting their brand on it now Exactly. They've modified a brand or bought, you know, something. I, they did make some modifications that, that look pretty good. Uh, and the big point for that one is the fact that it's a $500, you know, direct drive trainer. And um, I think that that's going to, you know, really, because you're looking at $300 more for anything else on the market in that kind of $800 range. And they've done some other things with the purchase process to kind of make it a little bit easier for new buyers as in like you don't, you know, the cassette's going to come with it and it's going to come on there and it'll help you decide what stuff to choose. And, you know, they've got these little pamphlets that help you decide which through axle to use all this stuff to make it easier for new riders to get on a bike trainer and ultimately onto Zwift. Cause I think that they can basically not take a loss necessarily, but break even on this stuff, not looking for huge profits on the trainer itself because they want people to subscribe to Zwift. So it's interesting. Yeah, it's well played. I do like the fact that they give you the option to choose what kind of a cassette you want, whether it be an 8, 9, 10, 11, or 12-speed cassette. That is pretty cool because right now the trainers that come with a cassette generally are coming with an 11-speed cassette, and you don't have any other choice. The only one that kind of – differs from that a little bit would be like a kicker core that doesn't come with a cassette at all. So you can kind of just factor in what you need to get, go purchase it, which kind of sucks because yeah. right now some cassettes are really hard to get. So yes. Yeah. yeah. It's super interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. And I think that the, the motivation is to, you know, they know they I think Zwift knows that they have the high end market covered and they're trying, like, what can you do to grow? Like, okay, we really have to target newer people to cycling and getting these people there. And like, these are people that, you know, they're going to struggle to take their rear wheel off and they're definitely going to struggle to change out a cassette. Uh, and, and they're going after that group of people like pretty aggressively. Yeah. So I'm interested like what this is going to do to, you know, companies like Wahoo that sell the Wahoo kicker core, uh, or some of the other brands out there that have more affordable trainers. Is that going to just go away? Or are we going to have, you know, high end stuff? And then this, this, you know, Zwift trainer. I don't. I have no idea. It's called the. What's it called? The, the hub. Zwift hub. Yeah. yeah the Zwift. So you yeah. can put that squarely in the same category as a kicker core. The kicker core, I think, has a little bit more like oomph behind it. It's got a bigger flywheel. I think it's got a better um, simulation for uh, higher grades, and I think that it's got a higher watt output as well. So I mean, across the boards, I think it's better. But for the most part, 
like I'd yeah, say 90% of the people will never touch any of those parameters um, and, and never really need them. And making that price point be 500 bucks and be $400 less than a kicker core. That's big. Yeah. That is very big. And well, who's probably going, huh, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, why would somebody choose to buy a kicker core for 400 bucks more that does not come with a cassette as opposed to this one? I don't know. Now, yeah. I did watch yeah. DC Rainmaker's video this morning, and he did say that they're having all kinds of firmware issues and accuracy is way off, but they have about a month to get that sorted out because it's not going to come to market until then. You're not going to be able to purchase it until then, and I'm sure that they're going to yeah. make that right between now and then. They will. I'll fix that. I have no doubt in my mind that they'll have that figured out by the time that this thing is actually like shipping because the trainer that it's built on is a pretty solid trainer, basically, and so it's just they've they've messed something up probably – to do with some calibration pieces. Uh, but yeah, I have a feeling they'll have that fixed in no time. And I think that this will be very interesting to see what the rest of the market does because I don't know if any other company can can match that kind of price range. We'll see. I mean, Wahoo theoretically has other things that they can sell in addition to trainers, right? So they could, you know, have a product that kind of maybe not takes a loss, but also kind of has a low profit margin if they really want to push their, um, their own like training platform stuff. So. Gotcha. There will be some announcements from Wahoo soon. Can't talk about them right now. So just uh, stay tuned. There's going to be a lot of trainer talk coming up across all of the interwebs. So there's going to be lots of new things dropping and it's going to be trainer wars, Matt trainer wars, trainer wars. We should be sure. Interesting. Shots fired. I'm just curious how, how, how does uh, Wahoo respond to that? I, I, I don't know. I mean, they're not going to be doing, I don't think they're going to go direct to consumer. I mean, granted you can purchase it directly from them, but their network is built on working with all their dealers and I don't see how they can go toe to toe. I don't, do they change thing with their system? You know, it's right now it's the same price. I think it's better value than, than Zwift in terms of what you get for it. But I mean, do they go the other way in terms of like the, the monthly carrying costs of maybe making that a little less expensive? Like, would you choose a more expensive trainer that supposedly has more options and it does more things? Now, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, they're, they're so overdue for a, a kicker core release, but would you choose a, a nicer trainer with a training pro- platform that's going to cost you, say, five bucks less a month? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I think that that's, I mean, it's smart for Wahoo to have made a big um, investment in their like Wahoo X training program. Yeah. It does. It gives does offer a lot and i think it's cheaper and then they also have trainers so you buy a trainer you're probably going to get like a couple months free or maybe you're free or something like that and so i think that this is like you said tra- it's trainer wars time frame and the other part of it is the fact that the consumer marketplace is so saturated already i feel like everyone that needs a bike trainer already has one mm-hmm. there there might be this situation where we're coming up on like oh, i need i now need a second one but i think that that's pretty slim pickings for these companies that want to sell a lot of bike trainers i think that for the most part there's a lot less demand right now there is now there's gonna be probably a fair amount of people wanting to come over from peloton peloton seems like they're uh not doing mm-hmm. a lot <laughs> so nope. i mean those people may have very well fallen in love with the whole peloton concept who knows what's going to happen with that company i know that they're starting to dip a toe in other waters but maybe they want to try something that's more cycling centric who knows and and maybe zwift is the way to go maybe i don't know we'll see stay tuned yeah. cool good one matt thank you 
Lance, go. Um, our next big cyclocross race this weekend, this Sunday, is Corn Cross, the second event in the Harvest Cyclocross series. It's in Boring, Oregon, which is the best named town in the state of Oregon. Yep. And um, it's around. Sorry. What's that? Matt, you cut out. Say again. Oh, I said there's a LaGrande, Oregon. Oh, oh there is also LaGrande, Oregon. I drove through there uh, Tuesday, um, Monday. Um, and, uh, yeah, this, this is a fun race. It's always very good. It goes through a cornfield. Last year it was a complete mud fest. This year it is going to be hot, dry, and dusty. So it'll be a very different race from last year. So interesting. come to the race. Cool. My one last thing, we kind of already talked about a little bit earlier, but I'm going to go ahead and finalize it and we'll put it out there right now. We're going to do the Dow 100 again, and it will be starting on September 23rd and we will finish on new year's day. That should be interesting. That should be interesting. Now, generally speaking, we say that trainers count. Like, trainer rides count. It has to be for at least an hour. Do you think we should say if you're going to ride on the trainer because, you know, it's a little bit easier, it's a little bit more accessible, maybe push out the time. Maybe instead of being 60 minutes, it needs to be like 75. I don't know. That's interesting. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I think I go outside, it should be more time and when you're on the trainer. It should be less. Because, like, think about it. When you get to an hour outside, you're like, oh, my gosh. Is it already been an hour? When you're in an hour on the trainer, you're like, oh, good God, let me off of this thing. Exactly. So motivating people to, you know, get all bundled up and get their bike all ready and go ride outside. You know, you can ride for technically less and enjoy it a little bit more. I don't know. We'll see. It might just be an hour. I'm just speaking out my cornhole right it now. It might be very hard for me to do this year. Because you're going to be in Europe. I'm going to be in Europe for most of November. Yeah. So. Well. I'll I'll do some riding there, but I don't know if I'll be able to get it done. Every I know I won't be able to do it every day. You're renting bikes. You already told me. I do. So. I will be renting bikes, and but but part of it will be on a cruise ship through the Greek islands. And I'm sure they're going to have a stationary <laughs> bike on there. there. There will be a bike on the so boat. So this will keep you in check, right? This is your why. Yeah, uh, this is it. Yeah, this is your why. All right, <laughs> all right, boys. Anything else you want to add before we say goodbye? That's good. I'll do it. Sweet. All right. We do appreciate everybody listening. We will be back next week with another one. And until then, bye for now.